0: It's time to take the quiz. 5 questions, 5 minutes a day, 5 days a week.
1: Take the quiz every weekday at the quiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did.
2: Play, share, and of course listen to the quiz at the quiz.fox.
3: Live from the Fox News radio studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends. It's America's receptive voice. Brian, thanks so much for being here, everybody,
0: It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Glad you were here yesterday. I'm glad you're back today, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. We got to get his take on what's happening at the border, as well as Governor Abbott dropping these illegal immigrants off in Washington D.C. They say it's against their will. I highly doubt it. Uh, we'll discuss that along with. We're coming up in a year since the abysmal uh, departure from Afghanistan. We're still not recovering. We'll talk to the, talk to him about that because. Of course, he served there, and take your calls, one 408 7669 So let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
1: The border states like Texas and Arizona have had it with the invasion, and those governors have decided that they've had enough. So we are going to now inflict the consequences of Washington, D.C.'s actions onto those in Washington, D.C.,
0: Right. Busted wide open. That's what the southern border. That's the story with the southern border and the American people. And the surprisingly Hispanic Americans are sickened by it because the massive border breach seems intentional. Four million minimum here since Biden left his basement.
1: Number two.
4: Well, whatever came out of the trip has been a, a very closely held secret. No one can point to anything that was accomplished. Maybe something was. But, but if it was, we ain't heard about it.
0: All right, uh, Middle East miss. Hard to see what was accomplished on Joe's four-day fist bump tour through the Arab world. Oil is up again, and a year from Afghanistan's disastrous withdrawal, our reputation is still in tatters.
5: Number one, he's unpopular. The Democrats don't want him to run, so the Democrats are about to go through massive turmoil. They'll have between twenty and thirty candidates when Joe Biden does the inevitable and announces he's not going to run for president in twenty twenty three.
0: Operation House Joe is underway, not led by Republicans, but by his own side, as President Biden gets set to declare an emergency, a climate emergency, tone deaf or just death. So I'm not kidding. Uh, that's, he's being pushed by Senator Whitehouse of, uh, of Rhode Island. Hey, even though Joe Manchin won't vote for any of our climate proposals, what do you say you just declare a state of emergency? I have no idea what he's going to do, but it's not going to be good for oil and gas. It's not going to be good for your... Oil bill, it's not going to be good for the, the dollars you're spending per gallon to put into your gas tank. And that's really, by by almost every poll that I see, what people care about most. So they're talking about this, this democratic initiative on an environmental agenda that Senator Kerry, now climate czar Kerry, has been pushing. And nobody else is. If you see what's happening in Germany, you see what's happening in France, they're going back to nuclear and coal because they don't want to depend on Russia for oil and gas. They don't want to go beg Saudi Arabia, who can't do much more. They're basically at their limit. Why would they do anything different? And that is why I think President Biden is getting the worst advice possible. He's trying to kiss up to his ultra-left. Instead of trying to do what's better for the country or the center-left, that's what Democrats want, but I believe this is a center-right country. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, who, if Governor Yunkin gets the nomination, will probably be Governor Winsome Sears. Cut to.
1: Let me tell you something. Every time that we go to the, to the grocery store, we're going to the polls. Every time we buy that bread and it's expensive because of inflation, that's a poll. Every time we fill our tanks with gas and it's expensive, that's a poll. I don't think we're blaming Putin for that. We are blaming the person who sits in the White House because he said before he was elected that he was going to get rid of fossil fuels. It is your policies that have gotten us here. Inflation is not temporary, as you finally acknowledge. And uh, stop gaslighting us. We know the truth. We're paying for it every day.
0: Meanwhile, uh, ex-Labor Secretary uh Joe Man uh, calls to kick Joe Manchin out of the Democratic Party. I'm talking about uh, the diminutive Robert Reich. He's uh, his Substack headline is: "It time for the Democrats to kick Joe Manchin out? Is he out of his mind? Do you know if you kick Joe Manchin out of the party, you immediately go to the minority? Do you want to lose every chairmanship in the Senate, lose power in the Senate to pass absolutely anything, even on reconciliation, where Joe Manchin might agree? That's what people realize. That's what Chuck Schumer realizes. I can't get too mad at him because that should be a Republican seat in West Virginia. Joe Manchin is the only one Democrat that could have that seat. Allows us to enjoy the majority to pass nominees at a decent clip. So Dem- uh, this story in Politico today, reality is setting in for most Dems. They're no longer betting on a climate and tax deal with Joe Manchin. The West Virginia teased that, but he's not going to happen because it shouldn't happen. And inflation is at 9%. But if this laid out, there's an 18-month majority. The lion's share of them are ready to move on and accept what they sh- what they know is feasible, party-line legislation, lowering prescription drug costs and health care premiums over the next two years. Meanwhile, Robert Reich writes, if the Democratic Party had any capacity for disciplining its lawmakers, hold them accountable. It would at least revoke Manchin's chairmanship of the Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources. Maybe. He will leave the Democratic Party, go independent, and decide not to caucus with them like Angus King did, like Bernie Sanders did, as was pointed out yesterday on this show. They are Democrats, not Democrats. They decide to caucus with Democrats, allowing them to have the majority. So remember we mentioned the Middle East trip was last week, and he goes to Israel, and he walks out with a deal, I guess, to agree that Iran will never have a nuclear weapon. Really? Why didn't you pressure Israel, and I just thought about this lately, it's my bad, to stop coddling Russia? Because you agree with Russia when it comes to Syria, you must understand that Ukraine and Israel has a lot more in common than Russia and Israel. You've threatened by its neighbors, invaded unjustly, have to fight for its survival. That has Israel written all over it. Why not, Mr. President, go after India? who is buying Russian oil, allowing them to sustain their war machine to keep that fight going on. Neither thing happened. And when it comes to Saudi Arabia, he actually gave him credibility when it comes to the crown prince, when it comes to the U.S.-Saudi relations, which was in jeopardy because it was so tight with Trump. And you said you were going to treat them as pariahs. You obviously couldn't do that. So the question is, what's been done? Also in the meeting. A Saudi official said the president never even brought up Khashoggi. So what is the deal there? Ali Ahmed, uh, whose cousin is Al-Bandar, al-Badar, who used to be ambassador to the U.S., says it's not allowed to leave Saudi Arabia despite facing no criminal charges. So there's an American being held hostage who was told to keep, uh, keep their voice down and don't make a big deal of it and we'll try to get him out. The name was never brought up. That name was never brought up by President Biden. So when you talk about achievables, if he said, I came out with two political prisoners, Americans, that would have been something you could say was tangible that emerged from this. But nothing
4: seems to have emerged from this. Here's Trey Gowdy, cut six. We were told, and it had to be true because President Obama and The Washington Post both told us that Joe Biden is the most experienced person to ever run for president on matters of foreign policy. It had to be true because those two people told us that. And yet we had a feckless withdrawal in Afghanistan. You have Russia occupying a neighboring democracy and you have Iran perhaps with nuclear capability. Look, what's really sad about what Dr. Biden said is the president of the United States has to go to his spouse to find a defender. Other than Jill Biden and Harold Ford, I hadn't heard too many people defending Joe Biden lately. They don't want him to run for president, and they know he's going to drag them down in November.
0: Listen, uh, there's nothing that he said was inaccurate. If you listen to Trey Cowdy's show on Sunday, he doesn't come out, even though obviously everybody knows he's a conservative Republican. He's given him deference and treats with respect. But there's just nothing there so far that we can see that would allow anybody to think that they're not moving on for the Democratic Party. That's why a fundraiser in Los Angeles among high donors, small affair, big money, had Gerald Polis, so-called moderate governor of Colorado. I don't know too much about his record, but I appreciate his stance when it comes to a lot of the covid policies, which wasn't left wing like Gavin Newsom, who's also there and Kamala Harris. It's flat out embarrassing, embarrassing to be a sitting president and have people maneuver behind you. Think about this. How insulting was it for Gavin Newsom to go to the White House while you're in the Middle East and go into what seemed to be the West Wing, not even wearing a jacket as if you live there? It was bizarre, and yet he does a bunch of interviews saying, I'm not dreaming about running. What else do I have to say? Look, I see the phone calls are up there already, 1-866-408-7669. So I'll take your calls in just a moment, or if you want to write, bryankilmeat.com. You listen to The Brian Kilmeat Show. Don't move.
3: Learning something new every day talk show that's real this is the brian kilmeade show
8: probably a year ago i introduced a bill with senator Kristen cinema border state senator democrat and uh, democrat henry cuellar and republican in the house called the border state bipartisan border solutions act thinking that if things got too bad the biden administration might reach out and sort of take a lifeline and begin that conversation unfortunately it's been nothing but crickets And we've seen three million border encounters just since the Biden administration came into office. Last year alone, 108,000 Americans died of drug overdoses, those drugs primarily coming across the southern border. And at some point, you have to just reach the sad conclusion that they don't care. Um, They care more about trying to keep their political base happy.
0: And they just talked about uh, that is Senator John Cornyn in Texas. And he's the one who came together on the gun reform. And a lot of people in Texas are not happy. That's OK. But when it comes to the border, it's extremely strong, too. Uh, by the way, I was for that gun legislation reform, especially because it, it had the juvenile records of the would-be suspects of people that are unhinged turn 18 and they have a clean record. They get it like the Buffalo shooter. They get it like the Uvalde shooter. And nobody looked to, take to their background, found nothing, let alone, but everyone knew uh, if they really checked, uh, to the juvenile, before he turned 18, he was a problem. But uh, he's saying you got to be tough on the border. There's no other conclusion you could have. is that It's intentional. Or the fact is that Joe Biden wouldn't even go to the border. So what they're doing is, Mario Bowser is getting and complaining about, is Governor Abbott has put uh, illegal immigrants into luxury buses with air conditioning and dropped them off in Washington, D.C. And Bowser's all upset by it and says they're being tricked. And someone writes me, David Adams writes me and says about the D.C. mayor. What about the administration's midnight flights from Florida to New York and Westchester County? Yeah. Are they being tricked? No, they have no choice. They just get on. They get dropped off, clean clothes. They get into the school system, have a sponsor family, and they hit the ground running. Right. All at our expense. Incredible. Uh, Let's go out to Sherman listening on Fox and watching on Fox Nation. Hey, Sherman.
4: Hey, good morning. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just, I get tired of hearing uh, Biden and want to take all the credit for this uh, uh, fuel price drop. You got $0.18 cents of the federal tax was just recently taken off. And I drive school bus. I checked online. I asked how many school buses are running nationwide. There's about 500,000. They average about 10 gallons per day. You, you take that off all during the summer. That's a lot of fuel that's not being demanded right now.
0: All right. Um, that is a very good point. Now, on a school bus, do you guys have trouble finding drivers, too?
4: Oh, <laughs> nationwide. That, that's, it's all over. And it, you just can't go out and hire someone right off the street and put them behind a school bus. I mean, you've got have, you can't be uh, taking drugs. You can't have uh, bad uh, motor vehicle, any charges, uh, significant charges on your drivers, uh, anything.
0: Yeah. Or you're done. Obviously, you got to have a clean record to do what you do and the responsibilities you have. uh, I really give you great credit for it. But that's absolutely true because, you know, you're not going to charge more to pick up the kids. You only have a certain amount of tax dollars to uh, put for buses and transportation as well as books and paying for the teachers and everything else that goes along with it. So something's going to suffer as prices go up. And we're focusing on trucks, but we should also focus on buses, too. Thank you for that and how, it's ri- how the ripple effects actually uh, affects everybody down the line, including the school systems. Remember I mentioned about uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser in washington d c here she is talking about these migrants illegal immigrants that are put into washington cut fifteen.
2: This is a very significant issue um, we have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, we, we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks. Um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into, nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of America,
0: but why are there final destinations of places all over the fi- over the United States of america they 're not applying at consulates, filling out forms and getting approved, but they get here, they flood the zone. The word is there 's only thirty percent of the border patrol actually on the border. the other seventy percent are processing. The people that the mayor's talking about is if they we were expecting them. We sent an invite and we begged them to come from Guatemala. It's not the case. Cut 16.
2: So it's not just local taxpayers picking up the tab. You're saying the federal government is helping. Well, local taxpayers are not picking up the tab and should not pick up the tab. Um, and we really need a coordinated federal response. We know um, that it's done uh, for refugees who, who come uh, to, to the states from all points uh, of the world. And the same has to be uh, done in this situation.
0: Right. Uh, It is pandemic money. That's another one of the stories, pandemic money. So real quick, uh, this the person has ultimately failed at the border epically. And what do you ever say about Barack Obama? He had a different philosophy, right? A little bit more uh, permissive. But even without Title 42, he was known as the Deporter-in-Chief because if you didn't have a good excuse, he was sending you out for the most part. Still doing those midnight flights, I get it. But for sending you out, remember the kids in cages? Well, those kids were separated from the general population, and they told Donald Trump, they said, you put kids in cages, it was— Barack Obama. You don't see any of that because, number one, the cameras aren't allowed and President Biden's letting everybody in. So now more kids without parents are coming to the border because now's the time. They feel eventually they'll send for the parents. So The Washington Post has seen everything that's going on, sees the president's real clear average at 38 percent approval rating, sees how an empty is on the international stage, sees he was able to get anything done uh, politically, And they ranked the top 10 candidates for 2024. At least they put him number one. Two is Pete Buttigieg. Three is Kamala Harris. Four is uh, Klobuchar. Five is Warren. Six is Sanders. Seven is Newsom. Whitmer is eight. Uh, Cooper is nine. And AOC is 10. I think Jared Polis should probably be on that list. I don't know how much charisma he has, but he's certainly not a radical Republican. To me, radical Democrat, I should say. To me, the most interesting candidate would be Joe Manchin. If you put him forward, I'm wondering if a moderate won it last time, who was failing miserably on the stage to the point where people aren't even calling on in debates. Why would you not pick a moderate center right Democrat to represent you if you wanted to keep that White House? But I know I guess Joe Manchin's in his 70s right now, so I'm not sure that he would you know, want to do this. I think he's got plenty of money. I'm not too sure that he would actually need to do this. But I think he'd have to be somebody that you'd consider. The crazy thing is they're also looking at Governor Pritzker of Illinois. Is there any more failed state than Illinois? The guy gets booed wherever he goes. He is, did not earn anything that he has. He inherited almost all that money. Governor Newsom, same thing. Uh, this guy blew, blew up San Francisco. Then he runs for governor. He does that, becomes governor. And tell me, one by what calculus— the state is better off with Governor Newsom. Homelessness is through the roof, taxes through the roof, people are leaving with the most picturesque state with offers the most diverse opportunities maybe in any of the union. And now they're going to stop allowing the building of new gas stations. Really? Lieutenant Colonel Allen West is next.
3: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
5: The Chinese are buying up America. They are buying up huge tracts of land, which, oh, by the way, happen to be key farming uh, tracts, but also near our military bases. They're buying up our food supply, chicken, pork, uh, other producers, uh, and they're buying up our technology. If they can't steal it, then they come in and and they buy it. And what are they doing with all of it? They're creating dependencies on them, and they're handing the technology over to their military as they have the most rapid military buildup uh, in modern history.
0: Michael Walsh does not have to be reminded of the threat of China in every way, shape, or form and the ones in our border. And now we've let up a lot of those China restrictions, and I think the president's being pressured to relieve uh, China of the tariffs. Why? Well, they said it it would reduce our deficit and reduce inflation. I don't know. If you ask the American people if it's causing strife and anger in China, I think that's good enough for me. And should we allow them to buy these tracts of land right outside an Air Force military base in North Dakota? Let's bring Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on that. Uh, Welcome, Colonel.
9: Hey, it's good to be with you, Brian. How are you today?
0: Good. I talked to Senator Kramer about this about an hour ago on Fox and Friends. He says, no, I'm working with some Democrats. We have to stop this. Well, what are you waiting for?
9: Yeah, I don't understand it because this has already happened here in Texas, where you have a a former officer in the uh, People's Liberation Army of China has bought a huge tract of land right next to Laughlin Air Force Base, which, oh, by the way, is there in Del Rio, Texas, where we already have a border issue. But what do we do at Laughlin Air Force Base? That's where we train our next generation uh, pilots in the United States Air Force. So why do you need to have you know, the Chinese buying up a large tract of land and talking about, you know, putting up, you know, these 500 foot tall wind uh, turbines there, which, of course, if you put up a 500 foot tall wind turbine, what type of, uh, you know, surveillance apparatus can be on those turbines? So when you look at what China is doing here in the United States of America, uh, it is it's absolutely stop. treasonous. It's treasonous that we have people that allow this to happen.
0: North Korea, Iran and Russia got to be on the same bill. And they're trying to work something through the House now, believe it or not. that would ban them from owning uh, tracts of land in America. Why would that not be the case? Let's you, Alan, uh, Colonel, let's get some money together. And I understand there's some fertile land right outside the Chinese air base. So let's go to China and invest in that land. How successful do you think we'd be?
9: Uh, I don't even think the idea would uh, be able to launch itself. You'd be shut down because there are certain people that believe in their own sovereignty. But for whatever reason, we have people here in America that do not believe in our sovereignty. And I think it starts there in the Oval Office with the president that, without a doubt, he's been compromised when it comes to dealing with the Chinese Communist Party.
0: Uh, What do you think of his Middle East peace trip, his his four-day tour?
9: on a, uh, a grading scale of A to F, it was an F. I mean, what did we gain from that? I mean, I didn't see anything that was positive, especially when you go hat in hand to Saudi Arabia, when we were energy independent 18 months ago, and now you're begging them to uh, release the spigots. And what did uh, Ben Salman say? Well, we're gonna take this up with OPEC plus. And who is the plus in OPEC? That's Russia. So the last thing we need to do is have them deciding our energy security, which is exactly what they're going
0: to do right i think the norway and uh excuse me sweden and finland that was passed in the house i think they're going to be getting verification into uh growing nato so that'll be that'll be a positive but besides that Mm -hmm. i would i would like to see the president united states actually get something done for example he had india there and he has israel what do they have in common both are helping sustain russia by keeping relations going and buying their uh, buying their oil and gas. What are you doing? Come on, Israel. You understand yeah. what it's like to be threatened uh, unjustly by a neighbor who just wants to obliterate you? You should be forced to publicly defend your alliance with Russia.
9: Yeah, but see, the thing is that when you have a Biden administration that is— head over heels going back toward the Iranian nuclear agreement, which people up there uh, on Capitol Hill know nothing about the details or what have you, the billions of dollars they want to give to Iran, the number one state sponsor of Islamic terrorism. Well, guess what? You're forcing people to go look for different types of relationships because they don't see you in a position of power. They don't see you in a position of strength.
0: Uh, Right now, I want you to hear what Mayor uh, Bowser said about Governor Abbott his push to put illegals on buses and drop him in Washington. Cut 15.
2: This is a very significant issue. Um, We have, For sure, called on the federal government um, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, We we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks, Um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of America.
0: And as I brought up earlier, why is their final destination places all across America? They're here illegally. Do you think Governor Abbott's tricking them?
9: No, it is not triggering. As a matter of fact, when you look at uh, the order, they they are voluntarily getting on these buses. But the bottom line, uh, they should be bused back across the border uh, into Mexico where they came from. But the hypocrisy here is very rich because Mayor Bowser is not complaining about Joe Biden and the fact that uh, they're putting people on buses and planes and flying them all over the United States of America. Furthermore, I thought that the folks on the progressive socialist left, they like sanctuary cities. They like saying that we're not going to cooperate with uh, ICE or anyone else. And guess what? That's what Mayor Bowser said, that there in D.C. they would not cooperate with ICE when it came to uh, illegal immigrants and many other mayors of these left cities uh, where you see them declaring that they're a sanctuary city, which is a violation of the Constitution also because they're harboring people that are here illegal.
0: Why is Beto O'Rourke within six points of Governor Abbott? How could that be? This guy who wanted to take what was up of the wall down is pretending he doesn't want to. Are the Texans being duped?
9: Well, I think one of the things you look at again, Brian, is the influx of people that have come in here from California. Many of them are escaping California. They're good, strong conservatives. But you also, when you go out and you bring in these corporations and businesses like Meta, uh, and you look around Austin, Texas, you look here in Dallas, uh, where I live in Dallas County, um, you, you have a large progressive uh, leftist population. But the, the end result, East Texas and West Texas will end up putting Greg Abbott over the finish line. But again, I think Governor Abbott needs to be a little bit stronger. Everyone looks at Ron DeSantis as the gold standard right now. And when you look at the uh, Arizona and the school choice uh, legislation that was just signed into law by Governor Ducey there, that's something that the Republican Party of Texas has been pushing for as a legislative party for quite some time, school choice. But yet we're not getting any response or reaction from the governor or the Republicans that are in charge of our House and Senate. So I think that that is kind of deflating the enthusiasm of the base. But in the end, Robert Francis O'Rourke will not be the governor of Texas.
0: Uh, so right now, so people should know, the, the money that's given to a child, they never get it directly, but is a, separated for a child to go to a public school can now be taken to go to private school. So if it's $7,000, you take that 7000 go to the private public school if you want, or you could decide to take it to a Catholic school or charter school if you want. Is that what you're talking about? And does the Supreme Court free up states to make that decision?
9: Yeah, absolutely so. And you saw that with that decision in Maine and the fact that now what they're trying to do in Maine is they're saying that the, the government there, the state, should now dictate to these uh private schools or charter schools, whatever, exactly what should be happening. Of course, that goes along the uh, cultural Marxism, critical race theory, you know, gender uh, studies, all of this type of stuff. But that's not what they have in Arizona. I mean, those uh, entities can still be independent in instructing kids. Look, parents are fleeing away from these public schools right now that are going in the wrong direction. Math is racist. They don't teach about science. They're not preparing our kids to be critical thinkers, but they know everything about critical race theory and how they don't have to be a little boy or a little girl. And so uh, homeschooling is absolutely exploding here in the state of Texas. And so education is a critical issue as we go into this uh, midterm cycle Uh, and also will be in the presidential election cycle.
0: So the United Nations asked Harry, uh, Prince Harry, to give a dedication on Nelson Mandela Day. Uh, and here is Prince Harry. I guess he's an American now. Cut 29
8: from the horrific war in Ukraine to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States. We are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom, the cause of Mandela's life.
0: What is this the hell has is- been
8: a painful year in a painful decade. <laughs> Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet with the most vulnerable suffering most of all.
0: The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. So, well, who is he to say that democracy is eroded here at home?
9: Uh, he he is uh, delusional and, and deranged. Uh, because when I think about the people that are purveyed, the purveyors of undermining our constitutional rights. It's the leftists, it's the progressives, socialists, Marxists, whatever you want to call it. And I would just like to, you know, get young Harry to pay attention to what's happening in Sri Lanka, where they embrace the, you know, global warming, climate change, environmental, social governance uh, theories, and they have an economic collapse. And so look at what's happening in the Netherlands where they're trying to push this climate change and and look at how the farmers are coming out. And even here in Texas where we are being warned about, you know, turning uh, our our energy usage because we put an over-reliance in wind and solar. I mean, we're almost froze to death uh, back last year in the winter, and now uh, we're finding that we're sweating to death because, you know, the wind turbines aren't turning. So again, these people don't live in the area of reality.
0: Uh, by the way, the president's going to un- declare a climate emergency as soon as this week. He's not working today; it's got no public <laughs> events. Uh, he's going to declare a climate emergency as soon this week. What could be ready to hit us from the executive from executive orders? You think?
9: Well, again, we have to be you know, wary that we're not a, a, a constitutional monarchy. We don't live under edicts, orders, mandates, and decrees. And this is just an opportunity for them to shift the narrative from this failing presidency, where we have 9.1% consumer and 11.3% producer rates of inflation. Uh, we we don't have our energy independence. So now what they want to try to do is try to make climate change an issue going into the uh, midterm election, just the same as he came out with this. Executive order on abortions, which he does not have the right to be able to do that. Supreme Court already said that's a decision that goes back to the states. So they're flailing right now, the Democrat Party. They're looking for something that they can use as a lifeline to help them go into the ballot box. But the thing that's affecting American people every day, Brian. Food prices, energy prices, uh, the fact, like I said, that the, uh, the 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 Green New Deal is failing us. Like I say here in Texas, where we're on our own grid system, uh, those are the things that are important to the American people. To include educating their children.
0: All right, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, thanks so much. He is now the uh, the American Constitutional Rights Union executive director. Thanks, Colonel.
9: My pleasure. God bless, man. You,
0: you got it. One eight six six four zero eight seven six six nine. We'll come back with your calls in just a moment. You listen to the Brian me, show.
3: The fastest-growing talk show in America. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: I'm it both ways, Jared, because when the gas prices go up, it's got nothing to do with the president. When we see some decline, you want him to get the credit.
6: Uh, look, I think that, uh, that, that uh, it, it, there's, there's no both-way thinking here at all. And the President has reacted uh, from the beginning, talking about how this was such an important priority. He then presided over the largest historical release of uh, barrels of oil from the Strategic Reserve, 180 million barrels. Then he talked to global partners to get them to kick in uh, another 60 million. Uh, so so he... Know, it was Putin's fault. When they're coming down, he gets the credit. Yeah, I very much disagree with that framing. I think what's happening here is a president who is working uh, tirelessly to uh, address the uh, largest constraint, probably the toughest constraint, uh, facing uh, American households right now.
0: Listen, that is Jared Bernstein desperately trying as a White House economic advisor. Everyone should be fired there. Because they give the wrong information. If they know the right information and they give it wrong, they're lying. And if they think they have it right, they're just flat out wrong. I don't know what's worse. I guess we saying you're just wrong as opposed to lying. But you have a situation where they're trying to pass Bill Back Better. There would have been another $4 trillion strain on our economy, filled with all types of levers and fines for those people trying to develop fossil fuels, which in the short term are the only answer. It's 80 percent of all fuel that we use in our country, I think perhaps even more now, So now you have a situation where the oil and gas companies gave you 10 simple things to work on to make it enable them to be able to drill more and refine more. And they've done nothing except for blame gas station owners and oil and gas companies for making too much profit. They're making too much profit because the price per per barrel of oil has gone up and you've not enabled them to start drilling in an effective financially feasible way. And now when price drops, you're saying it's because the president took some bold initiative by emptying our strategic oil reserve. How many people out there would have said this was a good idea if you knew it was going into the world oil pool as opposed to in our country? This is in case of emergency. We're letting out a million barrels a day. Is this going to be healthy long term for our country? I think it's a terrible idea. But it's true. Gas is now 460 instead of, I guess, 510 around the country, Some places a little less, most places more. Here's Kellyanne Conway on what's going on behind the scenes because the president's got a terrible staff, because he's given inaccurate information, foreign and domestic. There are people moving behind the scenes to oust the president in his own party. In his second year in office, let alone him going for another four, cut three.
8: Things are so bad for Biden that Gavin Newsom thinks somehow he can export that disastrous record onto the rest of the country. But I, I actually have to put Kamala up there with Newsom because apparently she's reaching out to donors as well. Right now, Jesse, the White House functions like a an assisted living facility. It's no longer funny. And it's no longer fair to us in America. We deserve a president and commander-in-chief who has a command of the English language, a command of his steps. He's pointing to the air looking for his chair when he's abroad. If you can't find your seat at the table, you don't deserve to have one.
0: Well, that's, uh, she's got a way to turn a phrase. Kellyanne Conway uh, on last night. Ari Fleischer on where this country is going and how they're turning from the president, who
5: suddenly people are realizing is old. Cut four. Joe Biden has been trying to govern from the left. He's been marrying up to bernie sanders and running on a progressive and governing on a progressive woke basis and it's not good enough because the country's not with him the country's turned against him but i think what's going to happen here sean is after the election after the democrats lose the house probably lose the senate the democrats no way are they going to turn to an 80 year old man and say you're our leader going into the future He's unpopular. The Democrats don't want him to run. So the Democrats are about to go through massive turmoil. They'll have between 20 and 30 candidates when Joe Biden does the inevitable and announces he's not going to run for president in 2023.
0: Well, we'll see. I, I remember I'm just studying Roosevelt now because of a project I'm working on, Teddy. And after Teddy Roosevelt wins, you know, he takes over for McKinley and finishes off three and three and a half years. And then he runs and wins running away. And he immediately says... Washington didn't serve more than two terms, so I won't either. And it was the biggest mistake, because you look at that president as vibrant as Teddy Roosevelt was in his 50s and say he's a lame duck. And he tried to reverse that later on, tried to get the presidency back. He couldn't. And that's why President Biden, I'm sure he doesn't know that history, but I'm sure he knows the minute he says, I'm done, he's ne- he'll be invisible
3: From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade.
0: Thanks so much for being here, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show, 1-866-408-7669. This hour, I'm going to be joined by Newt Gingrich in a matter of moments. His book is out. It's great. It's called Defeating Big Government, Socialism, Saving America's Future. And Tom Holman at the bottom of the hour. We'll finish up with the simulcast on FBN. Uh, Stuart Barney not in. Uh, Ashley is in. Ashley Webster is in hosting for Stuart. So I come to you from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, around the world, especially in the Ukraine. So let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
1: The border states like Texas and Arizona have had it with the invasion, and those governors have decided that they've had enough. So we are going to now inflict the consequences of Washington, D.C.'s actions onto those in Washington, D.C.
0: That is, uh, of course, Monica Crowley. Busted wide open. That's the story of our Southern border and the American people, and surprisingly, the Hispanic Americans are sickened by it because the massive border breach seems intentional. Four million minimum here since Biden left his basement.
3: Number two.
4: Well, whatever came out of the trip has been a very closely held secret. No one can point to anything that was accomplished. Maybe something was. But but if it was, we ain't heard about it.
0: Trey Gowdy weighing in on the Middle East miss. Hard to see what was accomplished on Joe's four day fist bump tour through the Arab world. Oil is up again, and a year from Afghanistan's disastrous withdrawal, our reputation is still down.
5: Number one. He's unpopular. The Democrats don't want him to run. So the Democrats are about to go through massive turmoil. They'll have between 20 and 30 candidates when Joe Biden does the inevitable. And announces he's not going to run for president in 2023.
0: Ari Fleischer's always believed that Operation Oust Joe is underway, not led by Republicans, but by his own side. As President Biden gets set to declare an emergency, a climate emergency, tone deaf or just deaf. Let's bring in Newt Gingrich. Newt is pumped up today because he has a live signing, a chance to interact with the public abroad, live signing dot com slash defeating. So be part of that. That'll be at five o'clock Eastern time.
10: Uh, Mr. Speaker, welcome back. Well, it's great to be with you, and as I said the other day, Clist and I both admire so much uh, your work ethic and your enthusiasm and your commitment to ideas.
0: Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, you are the ultimate idea guy, especially when you were running for president and then even when you were Speaker of the House. So first off, is Ari Fischer wrong? Everybody, does everybody actually know, including Joe, that he's not running again? Because I don't really believe that. I think that he still thinks he's running again.
10: Well, why shouldn't he? I mean, look, first of all, given his current cognitive confusion, uh, how would you know? Uh, second, you know, you're the president. You're sitting in the White House. You got Air Force One. You got Marine One. Uh, you got limousines and cavalcades and all sorts of things. Why would you think you're going to give it up? I mean, when's the last time we had a president voluntarily decide to leave? It was Lyndon Johnson, and that's because. Uh, The Tet Offensive had occurred, and he realized he couldn't get reelected. Harry Truman decided before him, but Harry Truman was the most unpopular incumbent president uh, that we'd had in a very long time. So I I just think you have to recognize that um, what you have here is uh, a guy who spent his whole life wanting to become president, finally got there, uh, turned out to be pretty incompetent, has all the wrong policy values, is uh, running a disaster, and uh, nonetheless has all the tools of the presidency. I mean, you know, you run a government that spends trillions of dollars, you've got a lot of assets to try to stay in power.
0: You know, it's so interesting. In, in your book, you talk about this: how the tone and tenor in Washington is so different. You avoided the, you avoided the House floor since you were no longer speaker. Ever since you left, and you were coaxed to go, to go down there. And you got the sense that everything changed so dramatically. It is so polarized. And even though you respect that Nancy Pelosi has assembled this power, I don't think you respect what she's done with it in terms of how it benefits the country.
10: Well, look, I, I, I respect technically that she has a very narrow majority and she has wielded it like a collection of robots. But I think that she has turned the House into a dictatorship. Yep. I think it is a terrible way to legislate. Uh, it produces very bad bills that have not had public dialogue, have not had public uh, hearings, have not had really, you know, analyzed and amended and improved. It's the opposite of a good legislative process. And uh, I'm going to be uh, testifying in front of the House Budget Committee tomorrow. And I'm going to make the point that, you know, the federal government has been the largest abuser of children. In recent years, you look at the damage that the government policies have made in terms of isolating kids, leading to depression, uh, the degree to which the government's failed to protect them from drugs, Uh, just go down the list. And yet the Democrats don't seem to learn anything. They actually want to have more government with more bureaucracy, with more union members, taking away more taxpayer money. And, by the way, they want to write a bill which is anti-religious. It doesn't allow any of the money to go to religious institutions, and uh, which cripples parents' choices. It's exactly the opposite of good public policy.
0: You know what's so interesting is I think it's game changer. It's with all these big decisions by the Supreme Court, no one's really focusing on what Arizona got. Arizona is beginning to exercise their ability to allow kids and families to be able to take the money afforded them to go to public school and take it elsewhere if they choose. This is titanic, don't you think, Mr. Speaker?
10: Yeah, it is, and it fits something. I, I recently did a podcast with uh, former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, and she's come up with a great term. She talks about education freedom, more than just school choice, but you know, homeschooling, apprenticeships, online learning, that you you should have the freedom to learn and not be trapped by a unionized bureaucracy and not be trapped by some set of rules and not be forced to go through brainwashing Uh, by left wing ideologues. And I think what you're seeing is a country that is really finally fed up and is moving to change things pretty dramatically. And I would say that uh, what we're seeing happen in Arizona, which I give Governor Ducey a lot of credit, uh, that's been a very successful program. And I think that it has actually uh, really move the, the ball in the right direction. And by the way, you have to give Jeb Bush a lot of credit. Years and years ago, when he was governor, Jeb Bush really pioneered developing educational choice in a big way. And Florida today ranks third in education among all the states in the country. So, you know that that long investment has paid off.
0: I just wish he'd find a way. They found a way to pay teachers more. I mean, they just aren't paying them enough to get the quality in there. Uh, in Florida uh, that it reflects their population growth. So I hope they make that adjustment. I know Governor DeSantis talked about that. So one thing is pretty clear. The president of the United States, if ran as a supposed moderate from the, from the few times we saw him run publicly, but he would separate himself from Bernie Sanders. But for some reason, he'd adhesed himself to the squad as if that's the majority of Democrats. I had a big uh, uh, fight with um, Charlie Hurt. Charlie Hurt does not believe Democrats are gone way left. If they haven't and they don't speak up, I assume they have. And the president of the United States now will declare a climate emergency as soon as this week at the urging of Senator Whitehouse and declare through a series of executive orders different actions for the climate at a time in which all of our oil and gas prices and fossil fuel prices that fuel this country is going up. How
10: tone deaf is that, Mr. Speaker? Well, look, I think you have to recognize that on the left, there's a real commitment to punishing the American people into doing the right thing. Uh, they believe in this. They believe in high gasoline prices. They believe in making life very difficult. Uh, they would like you to live in a small apartment near a bus or, or mass transit, not have a car, uh, have a limited future, and rely on government to take care of you. I mean, that that's their worldview. And, uh, they are fully prepared to punish the american people it's 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 the mo you, know, you can't think of these people as normal traditional politicians in the American tradition. These people are real ideologues uh, much closer to the Bolshevik tradition in Russia, in that they are willing to do whatever it takes to force you to do what they want you to do
0: I think you could see, you honestly back me up on this That Senator Manchin does not agree with that, and he does not agree with his party. And because of that, Robert Rice, who I know you know, was in the Clinton administration. Uh, he says it's time for the Democrats to kick Joe Manchin out of the party. If that party had any capacity for discipline in lawmakers, so hold them accountable, he tweets out. It would at least revoke Manchin's chairmanship of the Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources and kick him out. I mean, how how ridiculous
10: is that? You kick him out, you lose the majority. Oh, I know. Listen, you, you you have to assume that these people are not very smart. Uh, and it's not that they can't play chess. They can't even play tic-tac-toe. Uh, and so they don't think about I mean, you know, Mansion. if Manchin were replaced in West Virginia, he'd be replaced by a Republican. Yes. Uh, and the Republican would caucus with McConnell. The Republicans would then control whether or not any judgeship got filled, any ambassadorship, any federal appointment. Uh, people don't understand how much Manchin has actually been helpful to the left just by the act of caucusing as a Democrat. And that's, that's, that would all change. And of course, Manchin accurately represents West Virginia, which was one of Trump's best states, deeply, deeply opposed to uh, the Biden energy policies. Uh, and, and as very patriotic Americans, and West Virginia is a state that has a huge number of veterans. Um, you know, I think West Virginians look at a president of the United States who goes to Saudi Arabia instead of going to Texas, or he goes wants to negotiate with Iran instead of going to Western mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Uh, they just regard this as, as something you can't understand.
0: So I'm talking with Newt Gingrich. His book is uh, doing quite well. By the way, uh, his book is called Defeating Big Government, Socialism, and Saving America's Future. So what I did is I worked out a deal for my books at Barnes & Noble in Bayshore, Uh, So I'm able to go right by my house and sign them. So if people want to uh, sign up around the country and get them personalized. And when I first walked in, they said, Brian, I got to tell you, Newt Gingrich's book is doing great here. I mean, have you found very receptive audience
10: for your book? Yeah, I've actually been surprised. In fact, I found something else. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, Brian, because, of course, you're you're a very successful author. But I went on, on Amazon and there are like 10 short guides to my book.
11: Uh,
2: I,
10: mean, I mean, it's sort of like if you're a citizen and you'd like to know what Newt's thinking, but you don't want to read the whole book, you know, pick up this 20-page guide. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in my life.
0: Neither did I. I never heard of that.
10: It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. But we've done very well. You know, I, th- I think the reason we did, I was talking with Larry Kudlow about this yesterday. I think what's happened is we're we're at a magic moment where Americans have looked up and said, that's it. I've had enough. Uh, And as a result, there's a real hunger for an explanation of what's going on and what we can do about it. And, of course, the reason I wrote uh, Defeating Big Government Socialism is I I remembered that Margaret Thatcher, when she became leader of the opposition in 1975, she set out to destroy socialism. Uh, I mean, she just beat it into the ground. It was immoral. It was wrong. It didn't work. And she did such a great job of destroying the moral basis of socialism in Britain that in 40 years, no left-wing labor member has become a prime minister. You had to be a moderate, almost a Thatcherite, in order to win. And I think we're at the same moment. This isn't just about Joe Biden being cognitively whacked. It's not about Kamala Harris having a weird laugh. These are people who collectively believe in policies that, that are crazy. Uh, They're not even ideological. I mean, some of the stuff they advocate is nuts. And if you say to yourself, how can an American president release a million barrels of oil from our National Reserve and send it to a Chinese company with ties to Hunter Biden and have The the Washington Post and The New York Times not notice it? Uh, I mean, these things are just crazy. You you have a corrupt left-wing radical administration which is failing, and let's be clear about this. This is a failure, and my concern, and the reason I wrote Defeating Big Government Socialism is, I don't want this just to be a personality failure. I want people to understand, these folks are failing because the very belief system they have does not work, cannot work, and has to, in fact, be replaced.
0: Yeah, and you go, you date back to FDR, when things, we were in the middle of a depression, uh, on the cusp of a war, and it was time for social spending to bring us out of it, we never came Uh, When he started with that, we never really reversed it. Some of the programs went away, but not the thought process, and government has just grown. You also point out that local government used to spend more than state government, and state government used to pay more than federal government, and that all changed dramatically. But I want to bring you to just the X's and O's. As much as you might think you have better ideas and you might have – a better direction for the country, and be more patriotic. You have to have the right tactics and strategy. Do you believe for Republicans to be successful in the midterms, it would help or hurt for President Trump to declare his candidacy before or after? What would help more?
10: I, look, I, look. I'm, I, let me be blunt. I think it hurts. I think it's a mistake for President Trump to announce before the election. Uh, right now, the key to this election is to run a big race election, in which the choice is really big. And to tie people like, like Warnock and Kelly directly to Biden and directly to 9% inflation and uh, gasoline at the highest price historically and all the other things that we know. Uh, and I think anything which distracts from that is wrong. And I think for President Trump to announce before the election is just plain wrong. And I hope he doesn't do it. I've told him that myself. Uh, and, I, and I really do hope he doesn't do it. I think it's a mistake. And will you tell? You did tell him that? Yes. And do you think he listened? No. Well, he always <laughs> listens. He just, <laughs> he, does, he just doesn't obey. Right. That's pretty clear. Uh, I know, I know again, he respects again, I, mean, I mean, look, I, I'm a very straight guy. I, I say on your radio show, where I say on Fox with you, or on Fox and Friends, I say exactly what I say in private. Because I think it's the most effective way to communicate. And I think we have a chance here. In fact, I am just finishing a newsletter at Gingrich 360. We do three free newsletters a week. And the next newsletter is right. going to be on the concept of big races. Um, if, if, we, if we raise these races to the big level, this is a big choice election. Gotcha. We're going to win almost everywhere. And we're going to have a crushing defeat of the Democratic Party in the Senate as well as the House. If we run a small race election where it's down to personalities and baloney, then we could, we could uh, fail to win the seats. We've got to win.
0: Newt, congratulations on the book. While, uh, join right. him on his live signing today at 5 o'clock. LiveSigning.com slash defeating Newt Gingrich. Uh, pick up his book, Defeating Big Government Socialism. Thanks, Newt. Great. Thanks. You got it. Uh, back with you calls in a moment. Brian Kilmeade Show.
3: Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
0: So I have a chance to go on stage. I love doing radio. I love doing TV. But there's nothing better than being on stage. And I have four events planned. I've done these about 12 times in the past. You might have seen some on Fox Nation. I have four events planned. And I hope everyone can join me. WABC, WRCN listeners, uh, New Jersey Performing Arts Center, uh, August 27th. Just go to BrianKilmead.com. Have a chance to talk about red, white, and blue, talk about history, talk about Fox, also uh, radio. Albany, New York, September 8th, the following week at the Egg uh, in Albany, New York. I think you're going to love it. Uh, President Freedom Fighter will be out in Mississippi in November 12th in Mississippi when I'm in Brandon, Mississippi at City Hall Live. So please join me there. I rarely get to Mississippi. I want to see everybody in person. The theater is huge. And as a huge theater, I understand, at the Cox Convention Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. KRMG listeners hope to see everybody in person and even the staff. And there's VIP opportunities where I'll get a chance to talk to you before the show. It is fun. It is patriotic. And it's newsy. And it's really every stage show is different than any other. And I hope to see you all in person. Just go to BrianKilmey.com. as more of a description. When we come back, Tom Holman.
3: That makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade show.
8: Probably a year ago, I introduced a bill with Senator Christian Cinema, a border state senator, Democrat, uh, Democrat Henry Cuellar, and a Republican in the House, called the Border State Bipartisan Border Solutions Act, thinking that if things got too bad, the Biden administration might reach out and sort of take a lifeline and begin that conversation. Unfortunately, it's been nothing but crickets. And we've seen three million border encounters just since the Biden administration came into office. Last year alone, 108,000 Americans died of drug overdoses, those drugs primarily coming across the southern border. And at some point, you have to just reach the sad conclusion that they don't care. Um, They care more about trying to keep their political base happy.
0: And I think that Senator Cornyn gave him more rope than just about anybody else, even though he's affected arguably the most in Texas. Tom Holman knew right away there was a problem because it wasn't a bad approach. It was no approach. He's a retired acting ICE director, Heritage Foundation Visiting Fellow, and he's a Fox News contributor. Uh, Tom, welcome back.
11: Thanks for having me, Brian.
0: Uh, Tom, first off, Senator Cornyn, I mean, he's a very deliberative guy, former judge. He's not a firebrand, but he's 100 percent right, isn't he?
11: He's absolutely right. I mean, look, you reached across the aisle and try to get something done to control the border, but they don't want any border control, Brian. You know that. They haven't done this administration. You can't point to a single thing they have done to slow the flow. Everything they have done is send more resources to the border to process people quicker and release them faster because they're more concerned with the optics of the crisis. They don't want overcrowding. They don't want what Fox News did and had the 15,000 Haitians on their bridge. That was a bad day for them. So they're putting all efforts in, let's prevent overcrowding, let's release quickly so there doesn't appear to be a crisis.
0: What could change their mind?
11: I think what should change your mind is is, uh, the issue of, of national security threats. This administration has arrested Fifty-three people on a terrorist watch list. That's when they've arrested. Boverture actually uh, uh, apprehended them. Here's the scary thing. you got almost 900,000 gotaways, right? They're, they're on camera traffic, drone traffic, central traffic that Boverture couldn't respond to. They've arrested people from 161 different countries. Some of those countries sponsor terrorism. If you don't think not a single one of the 900,000 they entered this country illegally got away, came from one of those countries that sponsored terrorism, then you're simply ignoring the data this alone I've said this a couple of days ago this alone, if the secretary doesn't take immediate action that that alone should cause his impeachment because he knows he has the same data we have. He knows it's a huge national security crisis. He knows that the chances of someone, some non-inspected terrorists, cross that border are huge. Because after 9-11, Brian, we created all these databases, no-fly list, the TSA screening database, the FBI screening database, the visa security program. We created all these databases to make sure that no terrorist gets to the United States like it did uh, on 9-11. So the terrorist screening databases work, the no flight list has worked. The visa security program has literally prevented thousands of people from derogatory information from getting a visa coming to this country. However, those databases are meaningless because what terrorist now is going to put himself in a position to be vetted, be run through all these terrorist databases, have his fingerprints run, have all the biographical information run to be uncovered when he can simply go to Mexico and cross the border like 900,000 others did and not be arrested. This is a huge national security issue. And unfortunately, it's going to take a huge uh, um, uh, incident for the Democrats to wake up and see there's a problem.
0: I just don't see why it's their advantage at all, especially if they see the charts that we're seeing, that the American Hispanic citizens, Hispanic American citizens don't want this. There was a different feeling in when Mitt Romney lost. They did an autopsy on the Republican Party, and they said, guys, easy with the harsh rhetoric when it comes to the border. The Hispanic community takes it as if you're anti-Hispanic. Well, Trump turned that on its head, and now it's basically core belief that it's an insult to think because you're Hispanic, you're for illegal immigration.
11: I think their ideology is taking it front and center. Look, it's like they're defunding the police. They're sticking with that, even though they know it don't work. There, a lot of their policies are, are not popular with American people. But here's what they're thinking they're thinking they're, they, perceive, they perceive a future political benefit from letting millions of people in the country. A couple of things. Number one, millions of people are now going to be in the United States, most of them be in sanctuary cities. Now, what it also does Biden do? He return the Trump census rule, which means millions of people will be count the next census in all these sanctuary cities across the country, which is going to result in more seats in House for the Dems. They really think this is going to lead perpetual power. They really think they're they're importing future democratic voters. And I agree with you. I think most will will, will not go that way, but this is th- there's no other reason to unsecure the border other than they, they perceive a future political benefit. There's no downside in securing the border. Look, what they fail to recognize or they'll gonna miss more migrants have died under Joe Biden, first year than any year in my career. We got nearly 800 migrants have died on U.S. died on U.S. soil. We haven't heard a word about it. We had over 100,000 Americans die from uh, drug overdoses. DEA said 95% of fentanyl comes across the Southwest border. Joe Biden's policies are killing people. Much more. They say Trump's policies are inhumane. That's a bunch of crap. When Trump had illegal immigration. At a 40-year low, where illegal immigration was at 83% uh, 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 down, how many people didn't die across that border? How many women didn't get sexually assaulted? How many Americans didn't die drug overdoses when we had a secure border? President Trump's policies saved lives. Biden's policies are killing not only migrants, but Americans.
0: Tom Holman, our guest, Uh, 4 million they estimate have come in under Biden, including 800,000 gotaways. More encounters so far this year than any full year, October to October in history. And obviously, I'd have to tell you, the year is not done. 207,000 came in June, slightly below what May was. They act like that's a victory.
11: There's no victory. Because let me tell you something. I've talked to chief patrol agents down there that the border numbers have, went, have not went down at all. People need to understand, less encounters, because they're at 207, down from you know uh, uh, about 20,000. Two hundred seven thousand encounters is not a victory. That, that, that's historic numbers. That, that's the highest. That's the highest month we've had, uh, uh, June, in uh, over twenty years. But two hundred seven thousand is not a victory because less encounters simply means more gotaways. The board is so tied up, and the details are slowing down because it's because the money crunch. It just means more gotaways. And he knows it didn't reach the gotaway numbers. So the border hasn't decreased at all. The numbers continue to climb. Secretary Mayorkas, like I said, he has failed every month he's been the secretary. He's been a massive failure. and he needs. Hey, look, I met with over uh, 100 Republican GOP congressmen up on the hill about two months ago. And I told him, if you don't impeach Mayorkas on day one, and you lost, you lost the respect to American people. This man has created the most insecure nation I've ever lived in. He's a secretary of Homeland insecurity. This country's less safe under his command. because, Not because of just the illegal immigration and the crime and the COVID. I'm talking about national security risk, which I've never seen in my career. I'm more concerned about the safety and security of this country right now than I, than I ever have been throughout my career
0: yeah it's it's unbelievable, especially with the with the meth and the good drugs that are that are pouring through so the Governor Abbott of Texas was doing something i'm not sure it got anybody's attention until recently and he is shipping he is letting illegal immigrants get on buses and be dropped in washington d c Mayor Bowser said this about it cut fifteen
2: This is a very significant issue um uh, we have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent Um, People from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, We we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks. Um, But I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of america
4: Does she
0: have a reason to fear that they they could be, have destinations across America, but they might be stuck in D.C.? What do you think about the mayor of D.C.'s reaction?
9: Well, she's not
11: very smart. That's obvious because first of all, these people aren't forced to get on that bus; they volunteer to get on the bus. And she, I, it, it, it's just it's it's insulting that she doesn't. If she wants to fix a problem, then when she's working with the White House she work with the White House and ask them to secure the border and protect this nation. First of all, that will solve her problem. And second of all, she runs the sanctuary city. So, you know, they're going to flock to D.C. anyways because they feel protected. They can even get to D.C., commit a crime against a U.S. citizen, get locked up in a local jail, and get released back in the community to reoffend because she supports sanctuary cities. She's a welcoming city. So they're going to go to Washington, D.C. anyways. So they just, you know, Governor Abbott, I think, is doing a great thing. He's putting this on national scale. He wants to give D.C. A, a little taste of what they've been dealing with in Texas and Arizona and California. You know, they give D.C. a taste of it. But she's just off. The, she's, she's off the reservation. If she wants to fix her immigration problem. That's the White House to secure the border. That's that's what you. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be a sovereign nation. we elected officials. Number one responsibility is protect the citizens of this country. That's what her first priority should be.
0: Right, and and of course they have just totally ignored it. I, instead of bad policy, we just have no policy. That's what's so maddening. Tom Holman, thanks so much. We'll stay on it.
9: You got
11: it, Brian. Thank you.
0: You got it. One eight six six four zero eight seven six six nine. I'm going to do a simulcast on Varney and Company, and then at the end of the Segment, I'll be able to squeeze in a few calls, so be first.
3: Now, the Brian Kilmeade show joins Fox Business's Varney and Company with Stuart Varney, live on your radio and on Fox Business. Here's Brian Kilmeade.
0: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're going to be uh, doing simulcast on FBN, the fast growing cable station in the country. Uh, and Ashley Webster's in for Stewart. We'll talk a little international relations and then get to your calls at 1 866 408 7669. So that'll be great. And we'll look forward to your input there. Also, special thanks to Tom Holman for joining us in the New Gingrich prior to that. All talking about things that matter most in this country. And the other thing we're just talking about is just pretty amazing a year and a half in, a replacement for the current Democratic president from other Democrats. And people pointing out the problem and complexities with the Trump, with the Biden family as if we're, they're coming up with it for the first time when we've been on this from day one, which made everybody think I, mean, I remember when Jason Sudeikis was playing Joe Biden. And Jason Sudeikis just mocked the fact that he forgot everything was oblivious. But let's listen in to Ashley Webster. Let him introduce
9: me. Indeed.
12: OK, Brian, good morning to you. We've just got this news in the district attorney's office dismissing charges now against the Harlem bodega worker, Jose Alba. Uh, which, you know, I think that's the right thing to do. Do you think public pressure finally got to the D.A.? I
0: I hope so. And and by the way, Governor Hochul probably said I'm going for four more years. You're really embarrassing me if you hold this line because American people in New York, (laughs) I get to speak for you and for me, are fed up with crime being out of control. And finally, this bodega worker who was about to become a victim of crime decided I've had enough. I'm going to try to walk away. They wouldn't let him. I'm going to try to get away and de- de-escalate. They wouldn't let him. Audio was up on the camera, and you heard all that. And then when he had no choice, it was him or the or the career criminal, he got a box cutter, yeah. stabbed him. The guy dies. And the girlfriend, I hope he's charged, in case you don't remember out there, the girlfriend mm. was stabbing him in the arm because she had no money on her EBT card. And he said, I can't give you any food because... You have no money. That's the way it works in America. And then she said, I'm going to go get my boyfriend. And that started this whole thing. She should be charged for starting this whole thing. And she should be charged for stabbing a guy.
12: Yeah, and thank God for CCTV, because we probably would have gotten a whole different story on this. Very quickly, is the New York mayor getting a handle on crime? He talks a good game. He's all over the city at a crime scene, but is he really grasping it? Is he making headway, do you think, Brian? Well, he's making headway
0: on murders from 973 to 903. Fantastic and shootings are down, guns are off the street, he claims. But he had a unit that was the anti-crime unit that was actually undercover, not wearing windbreakers that said basically anti-crime unit on the back might be more effective. Number two, 34% crime is up overall. You see the front page of the New York Post. If you have it right now, you could dissolve it in. You have grand larceny through the roof. You had uh, grand theft auto through the roof. You have burglary, rapes up 11%. So far, it's not happening. And he's having a heck of a time recruiting yeah. officers. He needs, he needs them at full strength. He needs to pay them more and start watching their back and make sure qualified immunity uh, stays par for the course. Because if you have some Democrat get in there and get rid of it, meaning some officer who gets sued because a would-be suspect or criminal decides they want to sue, no one's going to do that job or right. do it effectively.
12: All right, I want to move on to the administration that the White House just cannot seem to explain, Brian, the point of uh, President Biden's recent trip to the Middle East. Listen to this. I'll get your thoughts.
13: So what was the point of this trip? He gets back with no commitment and the price
12: of
1: oil per barrel shot up. Is that what the President wanted to go so there? and have the price so again, more expensive? but again, we have seen gas prices go down. In, in the past 34 straight days. Aren't they dollars a gallon higher
13: than when you guys took office,
1: though? For, first of all, we have to look at the imp- of how we got there, right? We, you think about the the war that Russia has taken on in Ukraine.
12: You know what, Brian? They can't ex- really explain what the whole point of the trip was. When gas prices were going up, they blame Putin. Now they're coming down. They're taking the credit. It is a absolute mishmash of mixed messages
0: uh, let alone the messaging with the fist bump we know that people want to focus on that she's a terrible <laughs> press secretary she can't spin her way out of anything you know yeah. she's an ideologue you've watched her on other channels you know how, how vicious she was against president trump having said that that's not a disqualifier you may, make you miss jen saki like her or not she was much more effective Here's an example. They go to Israel. They basically Mm. get rebuked, saying the only way to get Iran's attention is to show that you'll have a a legitimate use of force. He says we could still think diplomacy is the best way. Then he goes to Saudi Arabia and says if you could decrease the price, I expect it. He goes the next day, does the prince, and say it's impossible. We're basically at max strength. If he wanted to actually get some tangible things done, he walks it over to Saudi Arabia and says... The Iran deal is dead because they in Iran are adverse, are are, 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 at loggerheads in the Middle East. Believe it or not, we're better off siding with Iran. And if you want to do that, that helps Saudi Arabia. They will in turn do stuff for you. But when you walk over, call them a pariah nation and just say, I'd like to sit and talk and get to know you when they already know you and Mm -hmm. don't like you. That's a problem. Israel should have been pressured to back Ukraine and back away from Russia because they've been unjustly invaded, had the Ukrainians. And if anybody understands that, it's Israel. They should have been pressured publicly to stop kissing up to Russia because it is, it's the wrong thing to yeah. do. Those would have been two things that the president could yeah. have looked tough on and would have looked in America's best interest on. Neither happened. Instead, we get find out that he's offered trillions of dollars, billions of dollars, and possibly a trillion by 2030, to right. Iran to not build a nuclear Brian, weapon.
12: we're out of time, my friend. You are on a roll. We're out of time. Great stuff as always. Thank you get so him, much. Ashley. We'll Thank be you.
0: right back. All right. Uh, 1-866-408-7669. I didn't really have a chance to talk about that, but Vladimir Putin's in Iran, and he is asking them for military support in terms of armed drones. They have a history of being adversaries. After World War II, uh, the Soviet Union just didn't leave Iran. And these were, and Iran was more westernized back then, Uh, even though they, uh, you know, they had the Shah. They just had more free market capitalism, played a bigger role, despite the fact that they essentially had a royal family. So the Russians have very few friends, but they're in the Middle East now, talking about Syria, talking to Turkey, about Azerbaijan, where they're at adversaries, Libya, where they're adversarial. But trying to get, Turkey is trying to get Russia to open up the Black Sea to allow grain to get out so Africa doesn't starve to death. We'll see if they're successful at that. Brian Kilmeade, show.
3: From the Fox News Radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. This is Brian Kilme coming to you from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, around the world, especially in the Ukraine, I hope. Bottom of the hour, we talk about the economy with Charles Payne, host of Making Money. Uh, you can see him from 2 to 3 on FBN. And John Levine is in studio right now for the New York Post, and we're going to talk about uh, the latest Hunter Biden revelations. He was able to dig out of the laptop that keeps on giving. I wonder what the FBI is looking into. They must be really caught up in the details So before we talk to John, let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
1: The border states like Texas and Arizona have had it with the invasion, and those governors have decided that they've had enough. So we are going to now inflict the consequences of Washington, D.C.'s actions onto those in Washington, D.C.
0: Busted wide open, that's the story of our southern border, and the American people, surprisingly Hispanic Americans, are sickened by it as the massive border breach seems intentional. Four million minimum here since Joe Biden left his basement.
12: Number two. Well,
4: whatever came out of the trip has been a, a very closely held secret. No one can point to anything that was accomplished. Maybe something was. But but if it was, we ain't heard about it.
0: The Middle East miss. We'll talk about it. That was Trey Gowdy weighing in. Ever since the Afghanistan disaster withdrawal, our reputation has been uh, going down, down, down. This won't help.
1: Number one,
5: he's unpopular. The Democrats don't want him to run, so the Democrats are about to go through massive turmoil. They'll have between twenty and thirty candidates when Joe Biden does the inevitable and announces he's not going to run for president in twenty twenty
0: three. Yeah, Ari Fleischer has always believed that Operation House Joe is underway, not led by Republicans but by his own side as President Biden gets. Uh, gets set to declare an emergency, a climate emergency, tone deaf or just deaf. What do you think, Uh, John? Welcome back to the show.
7: Thank you for having me.
0: So you you're on the Hunter Biden beat. Is that safe to say?
7: I think that's safe to say.
0: So as you dug through the laptop, what made really news over the last few days is looking at the calendar that was on the laptop. That was over the course of 12 years.
7: Yeah. So the calendar you know, Hunter was a very prolific calendar keeper, and he had a schedule that was not like you know you or I. He was meeting with CEOs of companies, heads of nonprofit, you know, top lawyers at law firms, you know, foreign leaders, uh, really, really who's who of people. And so it was a real, it was a real treat. It was a real pleasure for me to go through this calendar. And you, it starts around 2009, and it goes all the way till about 2018, 2019.
0: And hookers and crack in the middle, correct?
7: Yeah. Well, that, that, that's all sprinkled throughout.
0: Right, uh, listed differently. It's amazing he <laughs> was able to do all that while having, by almost all accounts, anytime you're a crack, you are beyond, that's when Coke doesn't work good enough. Because right. you go to crack because you're looking for the, a severe high. You're not looking to party. You right. have an addiction. So to do all these, do you ever wrap your head around the fact that he's doing these deals, having these meetings while doing these other things?
7: Right, well, you know, he talked about that in his memoir where he would be, he would be meeting with you know leaders of countries, and he'd start to get the shakes from alcohol, you know, in in the meeting, or he'd be he'd be he'd come out from this CEO and then go onto the street and find you know a crack dealer, and he you know I I recall him saying he could. Land in any city and find crack in 90 minutes.
0: Wow. Well, I guess that's a resume builder. Um, So, so John, what did you find? You started looking. How did you approach this first? When you see all this, you have to think, I have to see if there's a pattern here. So you approached it. Where did he meet? What did he do next?
7: Yeah, I, I, I just went through it. You know, some of these days you have four, five, six meetings in a single day. So I just went through every day and I just made notes of what looked interesting, you know, come back here. And over time, I started to see... A lot of patterns, a lot of different patterns. And if I would see anyone really interesting, like a, a foreign leader or some kind of royalty, I'd make a real note to go back to that. But something I noticed was when Joe Biden was vice president, there were at least thirty different meetings that Hunter had with him. Now, of course, you know, fathers and sons can have meetings. It's not sure. That doesn't mean anything. But you know, then you see there was two things I also noticed. On at least 21 of these meetings, Eric Schwerin, the president of his investment company, uh, was replied as attending. You know in Google Calendar when you, when you hit reply as attending, your your name goes to green. So you could see that he had gotten the invite and had you know clicked accepted on at least 21 instances. And that's you know Hunter's one of his closest business partners. He was involved in a lot of the family finances. And even more interesting too was I saw that a lot of the meetings with Joe Biden happened just days after Hunter would return from foreign business trips in the case of Russia, in the case of Romania. Um, there Colombia. Uh, Colombia. There was one instance where he met with the, with the prime minister of Cote d'Ivoire, a little geography lesson for everyone here, and, uh, and, and then just 45 minutes later he had a scheduled appointment with his father at the Naval Observatory, the vice president's residence. So it doesn't – it's just one of those things where the, the, the confluence of these things and how close proximity they are to each other – continues to raise questions about what was Joe's involvement and when he was involved and why he would have been involved.
0: Tell me about Eric Schwerin.
7: Eric Schwerin is the president of Rosemont Seneca Partners. This is Hunter Biden's investment firm. He is a constant presence in the hard drive. He had he was, I, it was a close personal friend of Hunter's, uh, the emails show. He had access to Vice President Biden's personal finances, his Delaware tax return. Um, and how do you know that? In the hard drive, there's evidence in the hard drive for all this. There's emails that talk about this.
0: Talk about his dad saying, "You know, I'm going to put, I'm going to take this money from your dad's account, put it in your account."
7: Exactly. And there's, there's, you know, it's, it's, you, it's, it's more like you'll see an email from Eric talking about a conversation he had with Joe. Oh, I told him this. I want to talk to Joe about his future. There was one about his future financial earnings. You know. And where is he now? Where's Eric? That's a good question. Eric, he's
0: kind of out of this. A lot of ends. Up, a lot of people who are partners, they're dead or in jail.
7: Yeah, Devin Archer is in jail for unre- – uh, prison for unrelated, for unrelated crimes. But yes, uh, a lot of these people, you know, it's they have very seedy ends. I don't know is the short answer for Eric Schwerin. He, he doesn't respond to any – I don't think he's ever responded to a request for comment from me. Um, I think his lawyers probably have him on lockdown, and I think ultimately there will have to be some kind of congressional action. He will have to respond to a subpoena.
0: Famously, Joe Biden has passed a number of times. About what do you know about your son's business dealings? And he says, "I know nothing about my son's business dealings." Could that possibly be the truth?
7: At this point, I think it's it's impossible that that Joe and Hunter never spoke about it while he was, you know, vice president, or while, or at some point afterwards, because there's now such a tremendous body of evidence, including that famous voicemail. In 2018, where Joe says to Hunter, I, I heard you, I, I read the New York Times article about, you know, the situation and, and I think you're in the clear. And that was about, you know, how Hunter was being cultivated by a Chinese oligarch.
0: John, where were you in, in 2020, right before the election? Were you at uh, the Post yet?
7: Yeah, I was here. I was here. I was in the bunker for all for all that situation.
0: So if you were, let's say, at Politico or Axios or Washington Post the New York Times and someone said this, this laptop just jumped literally in our lap, uh, we have some people saying it's not real. Check it out. Wouldn't you easily – couldn't you easily have followed up and looked at some of the people in this correspondence and said, hey, by the way, did you get an email from Hunter? Is this you here? Wouldn't there be an easy way to authenticate this? Right. Or an easier way. This is not the hardest thing in the world.
7: Right. Our 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 dogged press corps had a staggering level of just not, they were just not curious at all about this this amazing primary source document. And you know, obviously, its origin. It went to the Delaware repair shop, and then somehow Rudy Giuliani gets a hold of it. It's it's a little weird, but the fact of the matter is, it's it's all real. It's all authenticated. And the incuriosity. I don't know if that's a word. They it should they be. Were, yeah. People were just incurious and it was, it was politically motivated because it was right before an election. It was it – was, everything had to be, you know, no October surprises and that was it.
0: And what is your view of all these intel executives and they're talking about CIA directors and people and Republican and Democrat all said that this is classic Russian nice. disinformation? You must have been
7: b- beside yourself. It was, it, was, it was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. And it's time. only a couple of years ago. And it was right, and we've and and I, I I worry we've all we've kind of forgotten a lot of this. But you saw an organized collusion between big tech, Democratic Party, and you know the intelligence agencies, basically to suppress newsworthy information on behalf of a, one of the political parties.
0: And what does it say to you now that they admit it's true now? Uh, yeah, this is authentic. Washington Times, New York Times, right? It's, it's
7: it, authentic. It, it, years later, it's belated. I, I mean, I actually think. That you're going to see, especially in 2023, a lot more mainstream media coverage of, of hard stuff drive. that you've
0: already run through, right?
7: And it's partly because you know there, there's an active investigation into Hunter. If Hunter's ever indicted by the Justice Department, you know, your average New York Times reader is just going to be like, "Well, what happened here?" And well, they they have no context, so they're trying to make up for that now.
0: So, are you astounded that the money all seems to be gone? I mean he is living basically off the good willings of a, of an uh, of a TV producer in Malibu right in luxury cars on point his and this guy is going to go to bat for him to try to repair his reputation and when you see these multimillion dollar transactions and the finders fees and the hookup fees
7: right you've got to say to yourself
0: where is the money
7: right i mean that's a very good question i mean a lot of it was certainly spent on drugs and uh, very expensive you know prostitutes and and Wild Nights at the Chateau Marmont in California. right? And
0: they don't usually give receipts.
7: Yeah. I've heard he's banned from there. Is that true? I've heard he's one of – it's, it's very hard to get banned from the Chateau Marmont. Right. Like it's very hard.
0: I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. but so, so this is where we're at. So you were able to put together a lot of these transactions, a lot of these meetings, followed up with his dad who was then vice president. And then mm-hmm. you could probably find out what deal was done afterwards,
7: correct? you can piece, you can piece stuff together there's you can, you can't it's hard to get like definitive things all the time but you can cuz you can't open a lot of the attachments so it'll be like C contract attached but i don't know what's in the contract necessarily it's just dead. it's just a, it's it's there but i can't open it so i know there's a contract but i can't open it cuz it's what i was told was when that you have that happen it's cuz it was never downloaded from hunter's cloud and if it's not downloaded from the cloud it's not going to be on the hard drive and I can't get access to the cloud, his cloud.
0: Just to you as, as John Levine, if you knew that you had these type of dicey international relationships and your dad asked you, should I run for president, knowing that the scrutiny at some point from some, ap- some part of the media would look at this, wouldn't you say, we don't need this? Dad, you're 77 years old. You know, I'm, I'm, I turned the corner on my drug use. There's other things I can do. Don't run. But not only did they say run, he wrote a book and did a book tour after knowing that if anybody had a semblance of integrity, the follow up. And they got a few of them from Savannah Guthrie would just follow up and say, what are you doing?
7: Well, I think two things. I mean, obviously, no one ever expected the hard drive to become public. That was a a crazy circumstance where he left it at the repair shop and never picked it up. And it, it made its way eventually to us. But also, I think a lot of people just you 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 assume that the the media would be pursuing these things, and I I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think that there's they just, must the, have felt the, impervious the, to they agree. probably just felt that you know this would be outside the bounds of of the of the press that they're used to getting.
0: Right, color me naive, but I think when the doors are closed at one of the many Obama houses, and they're talking to each other, and they're looking through this your stories and others, John. Do you think they look at you and they go, what the hell was he doing? Or do you think they knew the whole time? I mean that's to me – if I'm, if he's my vice president, I go, wait a second. What are you doing? I mean I don't want you trading on the office. I gave you the opportunity of a lifetime and you bring your son in
7: and you're trading on this office and your power that I, I gave you? The Obamas were never super comfortable with Hunter because I, when, when – when they made him leave his job as a lobbyist when Joe was added to the ticket because they didn't like that. I don't think they realized how deep this rabbit hole went, and I think a lot of the revelations are probably shocking for them as it is for everyone else who reads them. But there was, there was definitely discomfort with Hunter in Obama land even uh, back in 2008.
0: And then I remember – and lastly, I remember the Burisma situation when right after Bo dies, he gets a position on Burisma and there's talk and emails seen like, listen – don't you think this looks bad for your son to be part of this when you're in charge of the Ukrainian operation, Ukraine relations, and your son is on the, this huge gas board?
7: Yeah. No, it's, it, it was one of those things you – know, when was he appointed to Burisma? Was it 2014? Yeah, I think it was. Something like yeah. that. So you're already into the second term by that point for Obama. So he's not running again and yeah. – you know, but clearly it had a long tail.
0: Real quick, the other thing that we've been pursuing is this James Madison. What's happened there, as well as Monticello? You wrote about the Madison story,
7: and, and Monticello,
0: they, and Monticello. And you write that they've taken these two founding fathers' homes, and they've they've woken woke them out, if that's a phrase. Yeah. And basically, it's all about their slaves, not about their accomplishments, their role in America.
7: It's literal desecration. There's not. Any American flags at James Madison's home? They came Montpelier. back
0: and said there's one big on the edge of the property.
7: We didn't see when we went, so you know what? It's it's not the 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 point of what we're seeing at Monticello and Montpelier is 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 to totally redefine the role of these people in our public life and our public discourse, so that they can eventually be removed, you know, from from public life. I'll give you an example. In the city council here in New York, we had a Thomas Jefferson statue that stood for 187 years. That's a really long time for anything that's not like a tree or a Galapagos tortoise, you know, to be around. And we took it out, and there were progressive city council members that celebrated it and said, "This is part of a long-term thing we wanted to do. And when you go to Monticello and you're taught, Thomas Jefferson was just slavery. And he was just a rapist and he was all these horrible things. And I guess there was a Declaration of Independence, but that's not so important. Right. You know.
0: It, it's unbelievably disturbing.
7: It, it When you redefine who these people are in the American consciousness, you can, you can begin the bigger program of removing them from public life, which we've already seen is happening in New York City right
0: now. It started with Columbus. They came for Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, yeah. They came for all Confederate statues and who knows – Washington, Lincoln, and others. Uh, listen, uh, John. Great work. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, giving me some quality, giving us some quality time.
3: Thank you for having me. Uh, John Levine,
0: on. New York Post. Back in a moment.
3: It's Brian Kilmeade. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. I think his credibility is so damaged by so many things that he's said and done and not done that at this point you see these conflicting uh, versions and you might be inclined to think, well, maybe the Saudis were telling the truth. Maybe he didn't bring up um, uh, producing more oil or or other other natural resources to help the United States. Um, He seems sort of half-hearted in all of this. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, the day there was a time we could go to the Saudis and say, look, we need your help, and you'd get it. Uh, those days, I'm afraid, are gone, and it's not clear how feverishly or how earnestly he even asked for the help, if he did it all.
0: Right, and he never seems to ask anybody for anything. Remember China, back off, he didn't do it. Uh, Vladimir Putin, how many conversations they have, they still invaded. And now in Saudi Arabia, there's conflicting reports on whether he even brought up Khashoggi Or ask for more oil to be produced. Why is that even a question? I mean, there used to be this thing where Donald Trump would kick out everybody except the translator and talk to Vladimir Putin and people would have their have aneurysms about it. But now these two things that were supposedly going to be first uh, front and center going in, the Saudis have a different take on what actually happened. And basically, Joe Biden's getting a pass. Even a, a frustrated press corps feels that way because they have no access to him. I think we're realizing why there's no access. Charles Payne will give us all access to find out about the economy, where we're going, and those job numbers that are so good. Is that about to come to an end?
3: Fast as three hours in radio, you're
5: with Brian Kilmeade. Joe Biden has been trying to govern from the left. He's been marrying up to Bernie Sanders and running on a progressive and governing on a progressive woke basis. And it's not good enough because the country's not with him. The country's turned against him. But I think what's going to happen here, Sean, is after the election, after the Democrats lose the House, probably lose the Senate, The Democrats, no way are they going to turn to an 80-year-old man and say you're our leader going into the future. He's unpopular. The Democrats don't want him to run. So the Democrats are about to go through massive turmoil. They'll have between 20 and 30 candidates when Joe Biden does the inevitable and announces he's not going to run for president in 2023.
0: I don't know about that, but I can name, I know Gavin or Newsom, uh, Pritzker of, uh, of Illinois will certainly run. You'll Yulah Judge will certainly run. Elizabeth Warren will pretend she can, even though she's not even popular in Massachusetts. I don't think she won Massachusetts. such an embarrassment. I think Klobuchar might got scared away from it after the last time miserable showing. Jared Polis, I think, will do it. I would love for Joe Manchin to do it on the other side. But on the right, and, and Newt Gingrich said this, and Newt Gingrich might be, Donald Trump's biggest fan. And he said there's no way that Donald Trump should declare if he's going to run, declare before the midterms. You got to keep that field clear. Now, two things have happened, uh the these uh these tragic mass shootings. They'll put guns front and center, and now they want an assault weapons ban that can't even get out of the house. But they want to make Republicans look uh, mean and callous and think gun first, don't like kids. Hmm. I think they effectively neutralize that to a degree by uh, agreeing on that bipartisan gun plan, which I think caught the president and everybody by surprise. Number two, I think that, you know, Senator Murphy going through with it and and Senator Corner both. I think they both caught both by surprise. I think both of them expect the other one to back off. And I don't think uh, President Biden thought for a second they get something through. And then. You have the abortion issue, Roe v. Wade, and that's what they're looking to run on. They're not looking to say abortion right or wrong. They're not looking to say have one, yes or no. They're looking to say this is just the beginning. Women's have no rights. Uh, They want to go back to the 50s. They want to make sure that women have no say in their health care. Say in their health care. Abortion and health care, one has nothing to do with the other Health care is part of it, yes, but health care, as if they can't have a gynecological appointment without a, the Republicans signing off, they're overstating it, saying that you're going to be arrested if you go across state lines, if you're in a state that doesn't allow abortion, if you go out state lines to do it, to say that a, that a doctor will be charged if a doctor in another state does something from a resident of another state, to say same-sex marriage is on the docket. But all these things could start breaking a few points towards the Democrats' direction, even though it's farcical to think it actually happened. So that's why behind the scenes, Republicans got to make sure if Trump is at all coachable. Mr. President, you're going to do what you want to do. I understand it. You're most likely going to be going to be the favorite to get the nomination. Should you go in it? Should you be able to avoid troubles in Georgia and get through January 6th committees uh, relatively unscathed and get rid of the investigation in New York relatively untouched and you'll give it another shot? OK, can you wait? Because you don't want people. Congressmen and men and women in New York saying, well, this is like electing Donald Trump. There's certain areas, like, for example, in Virginia, you don't want you don't want a conservative Republican as your biggest supporter. Ted Cruz, too. And the last thing Ted Cruz should do is declare his nomination. And they'll say, look, you, you want Ted Cruz to be in charge? Give him a Republican Congress. That's why the president should back off. So here, looking at all those things is why Republicans feel like they're in the driver's seat. But the Republicans shouldn't feel like they've arrived. Dr. Mehmet Oz will decide, have a lot to do with whether the Senate goes to the Republicans or not. He was on last night with Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram was very honest. Listen, she won for Dave McCormick, not for him. And Dr. Oz has been kind of a low profile so far. And Fetterman's the one who had a stroke, basically. He's got a heart problem. And he's been virtually invisible. I think he did one fundraiser. Here's what Dr. Oz said, because in Dr. Fe- in, in Fetterman, you got an extreme left candidate cutting.
8: The only thing Joe Biden is building back better is the Republican Party. And he's doing a good job strengthening our party. We're uniting here in Pennsylvania. And the key question that all voters are going to have to address on November 8th is, do you think Joe Biden's taking us in the right direction? And as you point out, you know the vast majority are going to say no, and they're going to vote for me, which is why the Democratic Party—it's
0: not even the Democrats. It's the far-left uh, radical elements of it are— are distracting voters with all kinds of efforts across the country. But the American people will not be dissuaded from focusing on what matters. And with the people of Pennsylvania, which is a very purple state, will they do what matters? Uh, Charles Payne is kind enough to come in studio before he hosts his show at 2 o'clock making money. Charles, great to see you. Great to be here. I, I just, you know, I'm a little resentful because I, <laughs> on radio I'm very proud of the fact that I usually outdress everybody because, you know, radio people don't get dressed up. Would <laughs> you have outdressed me again? And, and, I, you, and you I have dress, no
13: regrets. And I dressed down today, man. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's not it's, a lot of stripes. I said, let me. Let. <laughs> Your stripes are somewhat subtle today. <laughs> they are. They are. But I don't know if you know, I'm shifting. I'm doing more colors this summer. Oh, I'm doing I a lot of colors, know. double-breasteds, and a lot of unique colors. So, you know, very festive this, just, just this summer.
0: Pete, why wasn't I told of this? <laughs> Pete, I mean, right away. Well, i mean, we'll have to I
12: lay out like a month-by-month month, uh, quality control for you.
0: Well, Eric, why didn't you tell me about Charles? You had no, no idea. Well, to, to Eric's defense, he just got back off vacation. Yeah, that's true. So you had no idea.
13: It moves fast.
0: So, so a couple of things. I was stunned by the exchange where the administration is making a tactical choice to take a bow with gas down 30%, is 40 cents. Yeah. Is that smart?
13: No, it's not smart. It's embarrassing. But this is the administration that took a bow on the Afghan withdrawal. They t- they've they taken a bow on everything. It's it's so bewildering. It's so frustrating. It's You want to scream. It's This goes beyond, I think, even, you know, I mean, I, I got to believe people, you know, old Clinton folks, old Obama folks, they're watching this like, you got to be kidding me. Like, it's just, this is not, you know, trying to g- game the system or, you know, the PR comes first, foremost, and only in this White House. I don't think they ask anybody else for anything else. It's always messaging, and it's always strong, hard, brag, 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 brag. Every time President Biden comes out and he brags about how great things are and other pe- and people are saying, no, it's not that great, he's insulting everyone. I mean, really, I know. I've, I've met a, I know a lot of Democrats, and some of them are like, you know what? They've never voted Republican, and what, what they're probably going to do is not vote at all. But a few of them are saying, you know what? Depending on who may run, uh, you know, they're they're more open now than I've ever seen before. Uh, because this, ironically, uh, Joe Biden's the one who's always talking about kitchen tables, right? He's always, oh, the kitchen table stuff. You know, the old standard political line you know, it goes goes back, I guess, to a, to a, a chicken in every pot. So you know, he's always the one bringing up these kitchen table items. Well, that's what's dominating right now, and it's his agenda which is actually deliberately hurting the American public. It is bewildering to take a victory lap uh, on, on this bump in gas prices when structurally we we probably will go back and make new highs on gas and crude oil.
0: Right. Uh, and by the way, I think it's up over $100 a barrel. Yeah. Trade. So yeah. that was – it's even more – it's up higher. And there's some questions on whether even brought up can you pump more oil to the Saudi Arabia. Yeah, the Why
13: Saudi is that thing even was, a question? That, the, yeah, the, A, it shouldn't be a question. B, it was dumb. C, uh, you know, he's the one who called him a pariah because he was trying to embarrass President Biden, Trump, rather. And then he goes out there and fist bumps the guy. That's the fist bump that will live in infamy. I'm telling you, that's an embarrassment that uh, he's going to have to live with with his legacy. Uh, let's, uh, you know, pump more hair open. I really wish they would use the Defense Act, right? He's using it. He's going to use it again uh, probably in the next years. Defense Corruption Act. Yeah. Right. He's going to use it again. Uh, now president President Trump found a unique way to use it to speed up the the vaccine, but what did we get? We got a vaccine that would have normally taken three years and less than one. We saved the world. Uh, now we're using it to get baby formula from foreign countries. Like it's like, you know. Now he's over they're abusing it. They're abusing it. They're and by the way, it. it's not working. Right. So you know, like
0: the, the, the powdered baby formula is, not, is,
13: is less. It's it. not working. It's not working. He's using it. He's going to use it again to push through the uh, climate change agenda. By the way, talking about abusing something and taking a victory lap me gasoline, uh, the strategic petroleum reserve, some of that's playing a role, right? It's starting to seep into the economy. But in less than a year and a half, we will have zero. Zero.
0: How how great is that? It's well, terrible. This is supposed this. to be
13: security. Right. Think about this. What if we have a heavy hurricane season next summer? Right. We we we're talking about people like a Katrina, but with no no resources to bring. Like, you couldn't – we're talking about devastation. Deva, I mean, this is the dumbest, craziest thing in the world. Instead of saying Texas, North Dakota, go for it.
0: Go a couple of things. Explain to me this. You know the oil markets well – and I've had a chance to talk to a lot of these experts. But I thought when he was doing strategic oil preserve, I didn't know it was going to go into the global market. I thought it was going to flood America. Right. So do you think that was, do you think that was adequately explained? I'm sure. Because someone, it goes out on the market, people bid on it. Uh, and that's why China right. outbid us, right? Right.
13: right. China's outbid, outbidding, you know, China. Is, and, of course, between China and India, they're taking up everything that no one wants from Russia. They'll take it. And they have. Um, By the way, if you want to pressure
0: somebody when you're over there, you pressure India. And you tell Israel, guys, you're way too close to Russia. You know what they're doing? India. India, India, India too. Yeah.
13: India and Israel. Well, listen, it's first and foremost, I think these world leaders, including Modi and and others, they've got to make sure that the people in their countries can get from point A to point B and that they can heat their homes or cool their homes. And, you know, this is an opportunity. They're not— yeah, you know, and, I, and I listen. I hope all these these uh, underdeveloped nations, emerging countries, don't fall for the West and, and this. Hey, put your economic development on hold. Go into fall. You know, go for the solar stuff uh, because they'll never become developed nations. And now, now, having said that, uh, you know, it's someone probably did explain this to President Biden. But again, I think whoever is in charge of messaging is the person. Everyone's saying who's really in charge of the White House. Whoever is the one saying, "Hey, messaging, messaging, messaging." You're going to look amazing out there. You, you freed up some crude, some crude oil to save the country. And uh, it, it's it's just painful because he's actually establishing more traps, more problems for the future uh, mm-hmm. that are going to be more consequential with, zero, with fewer answers, potential right. answers.
0: I agree uh, in so many ways. But the other thing would you say with the De- Defense Production Act, you know who would love that? Oil companies.
13: Well, that's what I was going to say. I got lost in my train of thought there. They should open three refineries. They should speed it up, cut out all the red tape. So a refinery that would take three years to build, build it in one year, get 15 to 20 years out of it. Secure, cheap gasoline prices for all Americans for the next 15 to 20 years. Because sometimes it's not even about how much crude oil you have. If you only could refine it, the last major refinery built in this country is 1977. Nuts. 1977. Man. Some have been expanded, but a major refinery. Put two on the, West, on the, on the, on the east coast. But one somewhere else, three of them in one year, and that will segue you perfectly into your green utopia, which is not even a reality Mm -hmm. for a minimum of two decades.
0: So how crazy is this? Uh, Not only are they not doing what Charles Payne wants, yesterday it was announced and reported that Senator Joe Biden, President Biden, will announce as early as this week, declare a national climate emergency and offer executive orders. What could they be? <laughs> I mean, a, a windmill in every house, solar panels on every mountain. What? What is the emergency that, clu- yeah. that that this climate change
13: has to? Some of the things that have leaked out are actually curtailing or hampering crude oil production in America. I mean, just not. It, it just it boggles the mind. He's trying so hard to appease this far left in his party. Um, and I don't know what they have on them. You know, uh, you know, There's a second laptop floating around out there. I'm not quite sure, but it just feels to me like he, he has really blown it with the vast majority of Americans, including most Democrats, trying to appease that one particular segment of his, of his party.
0: I want you to hear this exchange. Jared Bernstein, the White House economic advisor, uh, cut one.
4: Aren't you having it both ways, Jared? Because when the gas prices go up, it's got nothing to do with the president. When we see some decline, you want him to get the credit?
6: Uh, look, I think that, uh, that, that uh, it, it, there's, there's no both way thinking here at all. And the president has reacted uh, from the beginning, talking about how this was such an important priority. He then presided over the largest historical release of uh, barrels of oil from the Strategic reserve, 180 million barrels. Then he talked to global partners to get them to kick in uh, another 60 million. Uh, so so he... It was Putin's fault. When they're coming down, he gets the credit. Yeah, I very much disagree with that framing. I think what's happening here is a president... So who you can't more- have
13: it both ways. Bernstein knows better. This is what I'm saying is this so despicable. And you know what really I wish the reporter, one reporter would bring up? One of the reasons... Crude oil is pulling back and commodities are pulling back, is recession. Is recession. So, yeah, guess what? If everyone's broke, Pretty soon gas will be a buck.
10: Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. like when we would didn't have the right. pandemic. Nobody right. was driving exactly. or flying.
13: You know what? If every at some point it reminds me of the unemployment rate, right, that they brag about. The unemployment rate is like this last job support. The unemployment rate, 3.6%. Yeah, three hundred fifty thousand people left the labor force. I'm going, this is nuts. This is not good. Right. This is not great for our country. So guess what? Get everyone in this country flat broke, and he could go and brag, I told you I'd bring gas prices down 50 cents a gallon. Right. <laughs> well, guess what? No one's got a job. No one's got money. No one can afford it. I mean, it's, it's coming down in part because the next leg uh, of our economy is going to go from runaway inflation to a recession that we pray can be contained. Right.
0: Uh, just also uh, on these polls, they talk about it, the American people. We know this country is about 40%, 40% with parties and in independents are in between. Uh, when it comes to what matters, 32% care about the cost of living, 32%. Second is half that, 14% abortion, 12% crime, 12% immigration and border security. When it comes to the president's approval rating on immigration, 39% approve. I don't know who those 39%, couldn't be worse. Economy is 30 Inflation is 20, 25%. So, this is a terrible approval rating for the President of the United States. Don't you have to fire somebody? I mean, obviously, he's not coming up with this right, stuff.
13: Right. Um, I, you know, um, I, you, you should. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you got to start saying, hey, I'm, I'm firing someone to find. But, I, you know, I think the reason they're not firing anyone is everything is happening the way they want to happen. They miscalculated how people would react. But remember, this is part, and Brian D said it, and it's been said before, of the, the liberal, liberal world team. order. This is what they want to happen. So why do you fire the architect of something that you, got, that, you, that you brought on board specifically to make gas prices go higher so you can force people into EVs?
0: Charles Payne, you can see him live wearing this wonderful, understated, but
13: elegant <laughs> outfit
0: from two to three that I knew nothing about. Pete and Eric, you're in trouble. Making money with Charles Payne. Charles, thanks so thanks much. Thanks a
13: lot. See you.
3: You're with Brian Kilmeade, the talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
0: Hey, uh, that was always—it's always great to talk to Charles Payne. I just love guys that are just like ahead of the curve uh, and open. And see, Charles cares about. Uh, money more than ideology. So if if you had a Democrat that was doing effective things and the economy was turning, uh, was doing gangbusters, he'd have no problem saying it. He'd go inside the numbers and tell you what worries him. But this is so. So many things that is going on right now frustrates a money expert like Charles, and he points out this when he was leaving. Steve Ratner. On other channels, he used to be Obama administration, economic advisor. He has been calling out the Biden administration. Jason Furman, former Biden advisor, he's been calling out the Biden administration. Larry Summers called this a year and a half ago, the problems we're having. So these are traditional Democrats. And I asked him, too, I go, do you think Barack Obama would be doing these things? He goes, no, I don't think so, because uh, he could easily have stopped this if uh, he would easily have stopped this when it's going so badly and will hurt him so much in the midterms. Is President Biden even aware of this? Real quick announcement. I want to be able to see you in person, and I would love to do it on stage. If you're in the Newark, New Jersey area, Saturday, August 27, New Jersey Performing Arts Center, just go to BrianKilmead.com. It's going to be red, white, and blue, and hopefully you. Albany, New York, too. I'll be there the next week on September 8th. Uh, That's at the Egg in Albany at Empire State Plaza. Then Brandon, Mississippi, City Hall Live, November twelfth, when the President Freedom Fighter comes out on paperback and Tulsa, Oklahoma, November
9: thirteenth. BrianKillme